0: Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the Faculty at ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons, which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I'm glad you can hear me. <laughs> I'm not just going to be speaking to my empty room here. It's, uh, it's great to be here with you, um, even in this way of doing things. Um, it's a great privilege of, of mine to be here and to be able to say a few words that uh, God has laid on my heart with you this morning. So just, I know maybe some of you don't know who I am. So uh, Stuart asked me just to share a little bit about who I am. Um, So I am um, a native Newfoundlander. So I've come back uh, home after being in ministry in a few places in both Nova Scotia and New Brunswick and also in Happy Valley, Goose Bay, Labrador. And uh, so I've been currently the pastor here at the Gander site of the Crossing Church um for uh, for three years uh it's hard to believe that I've been here for three years but um it's only an hour away from where I grew up so it's a little bit about coming home um but I've, I've really enjoyed the how God has been working uh here in in our province and in our church um St. John's and Gander site both uh with the Crossing Church so that's where I am, I'm in Gander, if you know Newfoundland at all, it's kind of like in the middle of the of the province, of our vast province. And if you haven't been, I encourage you to come and see us, because it's a great place to be. It's a beautiful province, the sun is shining here today, and um, we do get winter, like other parts of the Maritimes, <laughs> <laughs> always, sure. always beautiful. Um, and my connection to Acadia, well, I, I hate to say this, but I mean, I can't believe that I've graduated uh, from Acadia Divinity College um, almost 25 years ago. Ooh, and wow. uh, so, oh. but we've been in, uh, I met my husband there and we've been in uh, active ministry since graduation uh, in various uh ways, um, nonprofit, and also in church ministry, doing youth ministry, associate pastor ministry, and uh, this is my first kick at the can with being a lead pastor here at this congregation, and he's been doing um, lead pastoring in other places. So um, all of that to say, I guess, no wonder it's been 25 years, because it seems like we've done uh, a few things in those few years, Um But of course, Acadia Divinity College is close to our hearts, um, and uh, it's always a joy to be able to be in person in the location there. And uh, we're just happy to be a part of um, the alumni and uh, continue to be a part of our school. So I'm so pleased to be able to be asked this morning to come and just share a few things that have been on my heart and uh, share this scripture with you. And uh, I just uh, trust that we can just learn a few things together. So as I as I begin this morning, can we just bow for one more word of prayer as we go to the Word? Gracious God, I pray now that um, you will be the messenger, that uh, you will just use me as your vessel to share the Word um, that you have laid on my heart, and uh, that it will be effective in um, the listeners, so that that the eyes will be all open and our hearts will be open and our ears open to hearing from you. So, Lord, let it not be my words, but you speaking through me. In Jesus' name I ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So immediately when I went to this passage, um, I went back into uh, my preschool day, my days of teaching preschool and thought of buildings. And one of the common... Um, stories that we know is the three little pigs. We know that the three little pigs made three different kinds of houses. And one type of house was a lot more effective than the others. And that particular house was the one made of brick or stone. And so that immediately brought me to where I was going back to and how effective it is when we have a really strong building, a strong foundation. And what happens if we don't have that? We have straw or wood. And um, so really thinking about the strong foundation that we need. And that's where my immediately where my mind went. And also, I went back to a story I heard a number of years ago that I want to share with you of a particular church in Sweden. Um, I don't know if this is folklore or if it's true, but I think it just makes the point. And I love the story. So these people were, were poor, but yet they wanted to have a church building to worship God. So they came up with the idea that they didn't have a lot of resources monetarily, but they thought they would find pieces that nobody had any more use for. So boldly, they entered the mason yard and asked the foreman if they had any bricks that they no longer needed. And he pointed and said, yeah, there's some out back and you can, we're only just gonna throw them out so you can have them. So they took as many bricks as they could. And then they went to the lumber yard and asked the same thing. Is there any discarded lumber that you're not gonna use anymore? And the foreman pointed them to their discard pile. People once again, took all the lumber that they could. Then they went to a local glass company and asked for broken glass or leftovers, windows that couldn't be used. And the owner instructed them that that's where the glass was and they could help themselves. Out of the glass, they spent time putting pieces together like a puzzle and formed a beautiful stained glass window. They also found old railway ties from the train station and built a cross bound together with chains. It was placed at the church's entrance and finally an old anchor that was placed outside the church, which became their symbol of being anchored in Christ as they went through their struggles in life. So this little group found materials that were discarded to build a sanctuary to God. Doesn't that remind you of what God did? He did this with humanity. He takes each one of us in our frailty and our brokenness, and he's seen us as worth saving. He's seen the potential in each of us and builds something new, restores us to new life and makes something beautiful. Did you notice that the people had to take time to match up all the pieces, to really make them work? It took a lot of work. Different sizes and shapes, but they all fit together eventually to build the church. Another powerful message and image for us as God takes us all and fits us together in our congregations, our communities, and in the greater body of Christ to build his kingdom. Now there's lots of little sermons in there that we can probably go to, but I'm gonna look a little closer at what this, this passage says to us today. Because our actions are part of helping us have a strong foundation. So, this irony of finding out what it means to be a living stone. So, first, we want to look at verse four. It says, As you come to him, and it recognizes Jesus as the big S living stone. Jesus, the very person of God who was sent to this earth for our atonement. Jesus, the perfect example of what the living stone looks like. Then in verse 5, it says, we, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. In my mind, though, this still begs the question, how can we be living yet stones? Because we know that stones are just not living. They don't breathe. They don't do anything. They just sit there. So why would would we be able to connect these things of being living, yet stones? But I think when we go back through scriptures and we understand who Jesus was and what he taught us, we can understand that the stone was not only about a physical stone, but it was more about the spiritual piece. Jesus referred to Peter as the rock. And building his church from there. That certainly gives us a little clue. We know and understand that this is not a physical building, but a spiritual house. Jesus refers to. Building his kingdom. And we understand that he's not talking about defeating kings and kingdoms when he talks about kingdom. He's talking about changing the world. So... What's our role? Because Peter is long gone. He's no longer with us. But in order to be built into a spiritual house, I think part of what Jesus was saying was that it takes coming together. It takes always moving forward. In the illustration that I gave earlier, all that material had to come together. On its own, it wasn't functioning. It was just discarded, it wasn't worth anything, but now it was becoming something worthwhile. I believe that all of us, we come together for a purpose. I think as living stones, we need to be alive and become stronger together. The fact that we become stronger is the description that reminds us of that solid rock. If any of you have tried to break a twig, how easy is it to break one twig? Pretty simple. But if you put 20 or 30 together and it's a it's bound together, it's a whole lot harder. So even though we are single people, our common purpose and coming together make us stronger like the rock. But I also think that it causes change. And change happens when there's movement. And we have a responsibility as Christians, as disciples of Christ, as those who've gone past where Peter and the disciples were, to be a part of change. So how are we as individuals and the church as a whole impacting our world, our friends, our classmates, our family, our coworkers? So what impact are we making? Because I believe that being a living stone means making an impact in being a part of building the greater kingdom. It's a vital part of the mission of the church to be and make disciples. This also means that the spiritual house is actually always changing as people come into relationship with Christ. But this helps make the house stronger. That spiritual house gets built, building what already exists. Because listen to the rest of verse 5. It says we're a holy priesthood. We offer spiritual sacrifices also in that. I mean, we know in the Old Testament, there were lots of different kinds of sacrifices. Thanksgiving, sacrificial, other ones at different times of year when the harvest was complete, special uh, celebrations, etc. And then in the New Testament, Jesus became the only sacrifice necessary for atonement. But yet, there's still sacrifice. Sacrifice might mean a different way for us who follow him. Because we no longer sacrifice, have sacrificial animals, but greater. We have to stop, offer ourselves. Offer ourselves to be used by him. To surrender all to him. And in turn, it says in verse 6, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. That's where the hope comes from. Because we can lay it all down. For Christ, which can be hard, but yet we know he will see us in a favorable way. Jesus promises that our self-sacrifice for his sake will not be in vain. Yet this leads us to a responsibility to live godly lives, build our own spiritual house, Verse 9 and 10 says that we have found favor with God. And also Romans 8.35, of course, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Nothing, nothing can penetrate this spiritual house. Because we have victory over sin. Because God has chosen us to be his people, his nation." his building, his kingdom on earth as these living stones. In verse 7, we hear that Jesus was cast away. And we have to recognize that we aren't going to be accepted necessarily in our world. We are strangers, no different than stones thinking that they can be living, actually. But because we are no longer conformed to this world, we need to separate ourselves from the person we were before we came to Christ. And that takes our daily discipline, our spiritual disciplines that we put into our lives to try to be more effective and in our consistency with our walk with the Lord. Living such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds glorify God on the day he visits us. So live your life as God gives you. Because when we live differently, we will have an effect on the world around us. But we need to be constantly anchored to Jesus, the perfect cornerstone. Because we know it's hard, it's not easy to live in this world with all the things that we come against us all the time, the evil that is around us in this world. It's hard. But I want us to think about for a moment, another word, it's legacy. Aren't a lot of our physical buildings tied to legacy? Many are named after people, right? And healthy organizations, and I've been a part of a few, who have participated in legacy planning. They recognize that what they're doing is really important. And so they want it to continue beyond when they have been here. Recognizing that legacy is what's going to be lasting because people are not. The goal is to have a legacy, and I strongly believe that if we think of our lives in this way, we will be affected in how we live. When our actions are Christ-like, there is an effect, and it's stronger than anything that we could ever do or say. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I heard it quite a few years ago. It says, live life so the pastor doesn't have to lie at your funeral. Now, Not that any pastor would do that, of course. (laughs) But the point is, and I think this is what the world recognizes, is living authentically, living true to what you believe. Building a house means having blueprints. These instructions help us to build a strong house. And of course, we only need to study the Bible and study what Jesus did to hear all of the instructions that were given to how to live in this spiritual house, especially through his teachings, the parables and his sermons. And then Paul's writings to the churches also helps us in instructing on how we need to go about being the church. All of these instructions help us to leave the legacy that Jesus intended. Our job, our responsibility as Christians and spiritual leaders is really too important to not be living stones. Because the stakes here are not only about life and death, but about eternity. So I ask you this morning a few simple questions that I want you to ponder. They're simple, but yet very powerful. But what more reason do I, do we need to live holy lives? What more reason do we need to abstain from evil desires? What more reason do I or you need to offer our spiritual sacrifices to God? And what more reason do I, or do you, or our churches need to build a spiritual house here on earth? I believe we have been given the greatest task on earth. To reach family, friends, our neighborhoods, our communities, and our nation, and our world. For God. And... Do you know, Jesus, it was a command that he gave to the church. It wasn't uh, only if you want to. It's not an option. We need to be following Jesus and recognize that we now carry on his legacy. And it's the most important job on earth. That spiritual building. Now, we can't do it on our own. It still has to start with that foundation of the living stone, of Jesus, our cornerstone, the one we need to cling to at all times. But we also need to be committed to corporately figure out what our legacy will be in our families and in our communities, in our world. We often worship, just like this morning, we're worshiping in two separate buildings, and I'm sure there's people online worshiping in some places in side churches as well. Worshiping in physical buildings is important, but that is not what's most important. Our relationship with Christ and that spiritual house is what's most important. So as I close, I just want to reflect on the story that Jesus told. It's one that if we went to Sunday school or learned, you heard it, we sang it. So I know that it'll be familiar to me and you. Jesus said, therefore, anyone who puts the hear, who hears the word of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears those words of mine and do not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell to a great crash. Let's make a difference in our communities as living stones. Today is a new day. Today is a day we cling to that living stone, Jesus Christ. Today is the day that you will receive the reward of eternal life with him forever. And in the meantime, While we wait for that day where we will be with him in glory, we get to develop our relationships with him. And we're a vital part of reaching this whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ until he comes again. So I encourage you, think of where your spiritual house is today. Think of what you need to change in your own life to make sure that you are doing what God is calling you to do, wherever that may be. Someone Someone living, living, walking with Christ and affecting the world around you. Let's pray. Lord, as we heard in our earlier prayer this morning, there are always things that we can improve that we are far from perfect. But Lord, I just pray this morning that as we have heard these words again, most of this is probably not new material, but a greater understanding and a greater desire to reach this world for you and to grow in our own relationship. Put the pieces together to build our own spiritual house, but then come together and Be a part of building the kingdom of God here on earth. So, Lord, we just pray, we ask that our desires will be your desires. And that we will draw closer to you and be bold in our experiences and in our world to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.